From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part three in our series, Dealing with Conflict. Today, we're talking about how you handle things and what you want to improve. And there's a quote from Kim Collins that says, strive for continuous improvement instead of perfection. And I think when it comes to mm-hmm. how you know we each individually handle conflict, that's really something that we need to be looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, What does it look like to be continuously improving instead of thinking that we've got to get it just so, so right? every single time that we face conflict with our I spouse. I love that. I love We're it. We're going to be talking about that in today's show. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug's an opportunity for you to hear, you know, insights from somebody else in the one family, transformation they've had, breakthroughs, revelations that they've had. And this hug comes from an iTunes review that we received that says, Elisa and Tony's approach to relationships is so easy to connect with. They offer real-world solutions to problems we all face. Their honesty is what I relate to most. They say stuff in a way that cuts through the BS and makes it easy for me to understand what I need to do to grow and better myself. After a a talk one-on-one with Elisa, I'm inspired to take on all the other stuff that I've buried out of fear. Thank you. I love it. Yeah, we do want to cut through that BS. Like uh, enough of the, and I think that's just who Elisa and I are and have been as we've grown in our own marriage. It's like uh, enough of all this stuff and like, let's just, let's just get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with that and let's grow from there. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there is enough BS in the world and, you know, and not so much action. And, and we're always going to come behind these microphones, just like we are here in this series on dealing with conflict. And we're going to be talking about action oh, because yeah. that's really where you see the transformation. And, and we've been in this series, this is part three and, and, you know, in all honesty with everything that's happening in our world as a result of the coronavirus situation, you know, this is probably the most perfect time for this series to, to have been placed. Yeah. And in all honesty, we didn't know that when we started the series, right? We, you know, when we were planning for the year, we did not know that, you know, March of 2020 was going to see this global pandemic, but here we are. And that creates real conflict for people. And over the last few weeks, you know, we've talked about the topics that couples are struggling with. And I think this is all, you know, like, you know, kids, in-laws, sex, time, work. Those are all, you know, probably on steroids right now because of all of the shifts that are daily happening in our world. And, and, you know, last week we talked about in part two, we were talking about how your spouse handles conflict and you're probably seeing a lot of that Mm -hmm. as well, because there are higher stressors, there's fear, there's anxiety, there are all these different things. And so, so it's such, I love how these things work out. You know, we've also just, just to see it come together and to say, you know what, once again, the one family is going to be incredibly equipped Yes. To handle what's coming on. You, you all are, are investing this time in yourselves. You're still listening to your podcast. You're still doing what you need to do to have the extraordinary marriage you desire. And, and as we're, we're moving our way through this series, you know, last week I said, it's so much easier to look at your spouse and what they need to do. 
right? I, like I can tell you on any given day, if you're like, well, what does Tony need to work on? I could be like, well, if he could stop interrupting, which, you know, you've heard throughout. I think I have become much, beca- much better. On you that. have become much better. You know, uh, people would say probably if Tony got asked, you know, what could Elisa do to improve? He would still say Elisa's piles. You know, he's nodding his head. Yes, yeah. you can say it out loud. It's okay. They all know. They all know. But 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 within conflict, I'm I'm trying to think, where would we? I think you would still get me for for shutting down sometimes. Um, I don't. I, that's an area I've definitely improved on. Oh yeah, you definitely improved on that. And and even myself, how I, how I handle things in conflict, I think a lot of it that I still need to improve on in myself is and you've you've shared this and i and i'm constantly checking myself is that i won't let you get a word in edgewise at times and so i'm just i'm just sort of constantly just talking and not allowing you to get in that word hashtag truth yes. and i'm getting and i have gone much better over the years and yet that is still an area where i go hold on like i have to catch myself and go oh wait a minute I'm just, I'm just going and I need a, you know, it's a little check on myself to be able to, you know, you got a self-reflection. You got to be able to go, whoa, what am I doing? Well, and that's, that's why we have to do this show. We have to talk about the person that we look at in the mirror every day and how we as individuals are responding to the conflict in our marriages, because it's not just what our spouse is doing. Cause guess what? You know, in conflict with your spouse, you're the other person. Mm-hmm right? You're bringing your own responses. You're bringing your own facial expressions. You're bringing your own body language. You're bringing your own tone of voice. All of that comes into conflict or comes into the situation when the two of you are having conflict. And, you know, even as I was preparing this show, I I did have the thought, uh, you know, what would it look like if there was a, if there was a video camera, a recording Mm. of us as individuals when we're in conflict with our spouse? What, and I just want you to like pause on that for a second and think about that. If you were looking at a movie of your marriage and and just the conflict Mm. times, what would, what would the camera pan in on or zoom in on when you're in conflict? Would, would it be like a really angry face? Would it be the harsh words that are coming through the audio? Would it be, you know, a defiant posture or walking away? Like, what would you see? And, And sometimes it helps for us just to shift our perspective and think, okay, yeah, if I was watching a movie of my life, if I was watching a movie of our last argument and, and you know, the camera wasn't focused on my spouse, but it was focused on me, what, what would that look like? And would I want to keep watching that movie? Because mm. truth be told, uh, you know, I'm glad that there have been, you know, many times in our marriage that there have not been recordings uh, of our conflict. And I do want to say this though too, that emotional abuse and physical abuse is not acceptable. This is not what we're talking about when we talk about dealing with conflict. We're talking about civil arguments. There may be a raising of voice here or there. There may be that posture that is taken. And yet in that, there is no emotional abuse, which is tirades, belittling, exuberant yelling, cussing. I already said belittling, you know, and there's no physical abuse. Mm-hmm. There, there's no holding somebody. There's no hitting somebody, punching, punching somebody. This slapping. Is, I mean, any of the any of the any of that. Gestures, this that is, is abuse. That is that is abuse. And what we will do is, if you're in that situation, 
you don't have to live in that. And I'm going to tell you that right now. You do not need to live in that. And I do not believe that God has set up marriage for any of us to live under that. Mm -hmm. And so in the episode notes here, I'm going to make sure that you have access to the domestic violence hotlines, both men and women, because it goes both ways. So please understand that in this series, we are not talking about tolerating either emotional abuse or physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And we will mention that in every single show. Um, because it's important that you have that resource and and it's important for you to differentiate between conflict and abuse. Correct. That, you know, things that are, are damaging, you know, physically, emotionally, that falls into the abuse category. Conflict is when you're in relationship with another human being and it's, we're not just talking about your spouse, conflict's inevitable. And and right now in, in this particular show, we're talking about how you show up and, you know, we asked y'all like, what do you, how do you respond to the conflict in your marriage? What are your behaviors and what does that look like? And, and you told us, you know what, there are times when I just, I get really angry or I'll avoid the issue and my partner. Mm. Um, you'll clam up, you'll shut down, you'll get defensive and snappy. You'll cry, you'll withdraw, you'll feel overwhelmed. You'll put walls up. Uh, this one, and I've done, I'm so guilty of this. You'll overanalyze, overthink, and then say nothing, right? You, you've had a whole conversation scenario play out in your head, and then you just don't say a word. You walk away. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that these behaviors, these behaviors are not solving your problems, right? It, it, they're all things that we've learned. Like I was actually talking to a coaching client the other day, and, and we were talking about conflict and how that shows up in their marriage. And, and you know, it, I think I've mentioned it in previous shows in this series, but we learn behavior, Mm -hmm. right? How you respond to conflict is a learned behavior. You saw, you may, you saw it growing up. Maybe it's a coping mechanism that you've had to, you've had to deal with because, you know, in previous seasons of your life, you tried to approach conflict with, you know, a more rational or less emotional or more direct approach and it wasn't well received. And so you've developed this ability to put up your walls or to get really defensive and in somebody's face or you posture up and you're like, no, 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 you're not talking to me like that. Right. And so you, you do all of these behaviors because you learned them. And and I want to be real clear that if you've learned how to behave, if you've learned these responses, because like, let me be real clear here. Little babies, even toddlers. Now toddlers get angry. That's just part of the frustration of being, you know, two, three, four, where you can't, like you're still learning how to manage your emotions. But little ones don't know how to clam up. They don't know how to put walls up. They don't know how to get defensive or snappy or, you know, withdraw. That's all learned when it be, when an environment doesn't feel safe. And can I say something here though, too? I really do think that a lot of how I handle conflict back in the day was what is much different now because I got to the root of some of the evils that were in me. Mm-hmm. One, pornography. It starts to tweak you and it starts to tweak your mind. And so when, when you get asked by your spouse, is something going on? The reason you may be getting angry is because you're getting called out for a behavior that you've been saying that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And it could be pornography. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be a, a myriad of other things. So I look back and I see my own life 
And I realized as I became more honest, open, and transparent with Elisa and got to the root of these things personally, with friends, with, with counselors, with, with mentors, with people around me, with God, that the internal conflict that I was facing died out. I no longer had the conflict in me. And so how I handle things began to change. Mm -hmm. And so really when we, when we talk about this, how I handle things in this part three of dealing with conflict, what's the root? Mm -hmm. What's the root? Man, was it something that happened when you were a child? Have you dealt with that? Is it something that happened when you were a teenager or maybe off to college and away from your folks? And yes, I'm not saying I'm perfect because things still will come up. That new things begin to attach to me as well. New, new, new roots begin to grow that I allow in. And I have to constantly seek those and go, why is that? Mm-hmm. There was a season recently when um, I was working both businesses mm-hmm. and I was on razor edge. Yes. razor edge running both. And I remember Elisa would say things to me, nothing out of the ordinary. And I would, and I'd just be like, what are you talking about? And now that I've stepped back three, four, five months from that, I realized the amount of stress and everything that I was holding on to began to weigh me down. And that internal conflict caused the reaction Mm -hmm. and how I was handling things in our conflict, in times of conflict. And I think you bring up, you know, such a valid point there in terms of looking at, you know, what are the roots? You know, it's not just that you're having a bad day. I mean, is it, is it stress that's causing you to react, you know, in kind of an over the top non, and I'm I'm not even going to say over the top, just not effective, Mm -hmm. right? Is it that you have, you know, fears of rejection, do you have fears of abandonment? Do you have fears of insecurity? Like, don't just, don't just say, well, and, and I want to be really, really clear here. You are responsible for your own reactions and your own emotions. It is never, never because your spouse did something. Like, we're so quick to be like, well, if you would just do this or if you would, do, you know, do things. I mean, we did that whole show on I Wish You Would, right? Because we're, we're tempted to say, well, if you didn't get me so angry, I wouldn't react like this. Or if you would just, you know, greet me differently, I, I wouldn't, you know, snap at you. But the truth is, you have self-control. Mm-hmm. And you have the ability in every single situation to decide how you're going to react. And if you're going to react in a negative, confrontational, high conflict way, then then you're going to be met with that. Can I just tell you, it's not like I asked the question, you know, how effective is your behavior, your current strategy? How effective is that in resolving the situation? And while there were a few people that, you know, whether it's because of resources they found through one or, or they've just worked through to develop these skills. There were a few people that said, you know what, pretty effective or very effective. There were mm-hmm. a few people that actually said that. But the majority of the people, the majority of the people that I asked how effective is your strategy said, you know what, it's not effective. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's not healthy. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we kept hearing over and over again. And that's why we're doing this series for all of you. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. 
OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. So when we were asking those questions, the last question that I asked on Instagram stories was, you know, what would you change? Like if you could, imp- right? I mean, we opened the show with the quote about, about improvement and not perfection. And so what would you improve? Mm-hmm. And this is why I am so incredibly grateful for the one family, because there is a wealth of gold and wisdom. And I'm going to share what you all said, because I think it's so important to hear what others in the one family want to improve. Cause you may latch on to one of the things that they say and go, you know what? That's for me. For some of you, it may be like what Tony said. I need to get to the root of what's going on inside of me. Like, where is this coming from? Did, did I get hurt or get wounded so badly as a child that I've just put those walls up and said, you know what? I ain't never going to let anybody else hurt me like that happened. And I think we all have had a time in our lives where something like that may have happened mm-hmm. to different degrees. And yet, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to get the healing that we need? Do we believe that? we can be healed. I think that sometimes is something that I had to deal with that somebody else can get the healing Mm -hmm. and yet I'm not worthy of that or I can't get that or I, I, I don't have enough. I don't have enough to get it. So that, that might be something for you, but let, let's share what the one family had to say, because I I really believe that there is so much wisdom Mm -hmm and so much knowledge and so much gold in each one of these couples that we get to call and do life with that I really believe that you can pick one of these or two of these and go, that's it. And I, before I jump into that, I do want to say, please stop telling yourself that this is just the way I am Mm -hmm. or, or that this is just the way it is. This is not just, you were created for more. You were created to be extraordinary. You're listening to this show because you know that there is extraordinary inside of you. And so like one of the suggestions that, that folks made or an area that they wanted to improve around this was learning to ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. We say that a lot. We say that, you know, why do you think I define words on every like third to sixth show? Right. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. It, clarify that. It, it just having an understanding between one another can be absolutely extraordinarily vital. It just opens up the window being like, oh, okay, that's the way you see that. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it like that. You can even ask, you know, what do I, what do you feel that I'm not understanding or what am I missing? Mm-hmm. Because you're two different people. You got two different brains going on here and your spouse is getting all upset and you're starting to react. Give yourself permission to say time out, go, what am I missing here? Cause it's, you're, you're super upset. I can see something's happening. What, what do I not understand or what's not, what knowledge do I not have? Somebody said, I want to be more patient and less dramatic. And and going back to my movie scenario, 
right? Drama's fabulous to watch in movies. Like we love seeing characters get all like, you know, worked up and it's just, you know, these dramatic moments, but it's, it's much harder to deal with when the person across from you is getting all dramatic. Mm-hmm. You've got to stop and ask yourself, and this goes back to that root question, why am I acting this way? Wh- what is this response? Like, what am I hoping to get my spouse to do if I like fly off the handle or get in their face or say those words, right? What do I hope to achieve with my behavior? That may actually force some of you to stop and think, oh, this isn't going to go well. Because, you know, screaming or crying or throwing things. What do you, I'm just going to ask, what do you hope to achieve when you do that? And are you getting that result, right? If you're looking for a solution, when you throw something across the room, it's probably not going to happen. Somebody else said, and a few people actually said this one, don't, I want to learn not to jump to conclusions. And you know, I, I love this because if, if you were at the one conference um, earlier this year in either Henderson, North Carolina or San Diego, you heard me talk about the hamster in our head, right? And for those of you that weren't there, quick little synopsis on that. We all have a hamster spinning on a wheel, putting thoughts, you know, round and round. The hamster's just spinning those thoughts round and round on the wheel. And this is what I would say. Plant the seed now for your pastor your senior pastor, whoever leads your marriage ministry, because we want to come out of this coronavirus and this pandemic strong and bring in the dream again marriage conference all across the country. So get on and just share an episode with them. Mm-hmm. Start planting that seed now because marriages are going to need to hear hope and and be able to just jump into this stuff and going how do, how do we how do we deal with this and we're we do that at the dream again marriage conference absolutely and and so going back to this whole hamster thing you know we our hamster spins all the stories right oh, yeah. we all have skinny hamsters in our heads right because he's running so fast spinning the story you know saying oh well this is going to happen and that's going to happen and i know if i say this and that's how they're going to react and, and, and we've played out this whole scenario inside our head, regardless of whether or not it's true, regardless of whether or not our spouse is going to react like that. But because we have jumped to all these conclusions, we have played out this whole story. We put out this vibe and behavior that our spouse then responds to because we've put it out there. And it, it, it goes exactly, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, oh, I can't think of that phrase about like, you get, oh, reap what you sow. Right. So if you think your spouse is going to, you know, fly into a rage when you do this and you act like they're going to fly into a rage, guess what? They're going to fly into a rage. They, I mean, now get me, look, don't get me wrong. I know I said earlier, they have the responsibility on how they're going to respond. But if you start creating that environment, people are going to react within the environment. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you stop your skinny hamster, get him off the wheel and begin to create a new script instead of replaying the old one? What happens if you change your internal script? on how this is going to go, on how we're going to handle conflict, on what you're going to say, on what your spouse is going to say. Like you can change the script and that will change everything. Mm -hmm. Another area, and Tony mentioned this earlier, um, is what are the words that you're speaking? A lot of people want to, they want to change their language. They want to not say those hurtful words or those low blows. And what I want you all to know is that words are like little seats. And every word that comes out of our mouth falls to the ground in the person in front of us, right? Whether it's, you know, a text message that's going out or, or a phone conversation or, you know, our spouse standing there. And so what you plant, if you plant 
seeds of conflict, if you plant seeds of, you know, division, if you plant seeds of pain and of hurt and of inadequacy and of devaluing, then you're going to reap that. Because what you say out loud to your spouse, what you say in a text message, it sticks to them like super glue. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it makes me think of, you know, when we were young kids, you know, sticks and stones may break my bo- bones, but your words can never hurt me. Which is the biggest lie. You, you know what I'm saying? And and I think, I mean, there there's always, there's some different yeah, variations, but I, but I, but I remember that as a kid, you know, sticks and stones may break my, my bones, but your words can never hurt me. And, and I think about that and I go, wow, you know what? The words that I remember as a kid, they hurt me much more than getting in a fight and getting beat up by a buddy. Mm-hmm. That hurt me way more. And so I think if we think like that and go, wow, what, what do those words say? What do those words mean? How do they impact my spouse? How do they impact me even mm-hmm. saying it? Because saying those words begins to shift how I even see my spouse. And this is the person that I stood up in front of friends, family, and God and said, I do. I love you. I take you. So realize the tongue can, can offer so much in both good and bad. It's, it's what you're going to choose in those times of conflict to go, I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go there. It's, it's not worth the, the hurt that, it's gonna, that I'm going to put on my own, put, put on my spouse and the hurt that I, I feel from those two. So true. So true. The last one that y'all said was, I need to pick one fight at a time. A lot of people have a tendency to stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. And then they erupt like a volcano and literally wipe out everything around them with, well, you know what, two weeks ago you did this and last week you did this. And I can't believe this morning you said this to me and, oh, and you forgot to do this. And, and you know, you've rejected me all of these. And so all of a sudden our spouses are faced with, you know, it's almost like, like rapid fire of everything that's happened over a period of time. And so if you want to resolve conflict, if you want to be able to actually show up and and have a productive conversation, we can't be talking about everything at once. You know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a husband the other day and he's like, after like the second or third thing, I I can't focus Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to solve, you know, one or two and we haven't gotten resolution on that. And so then she's mentioning three, four and five. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, which is the priority? Where do I start? How do I make this right? Where instead of, if we got into regular situations, right, of, of regular conversations, coffee breaks, for example, because That's what it's I was on there, say. Yep. then you have this regular feedback loop so things don't have to explode and then create this conflict. So if we learn how to deal with, you know, having regular discussions, having regular feedback, what shifts in the marriage if it doesn't get all built up? Mm-hmm. You know, part of the reason, you know, and Tony alluded to this a few minutes ago, part of the reason we find ourselves in conflict is because there's all this internal stuff going on inside of us. So what can you do to kind of sweep the internal house so that when your spouse is dealing with something, you're actually much better prepared to be in that conversation with them, to sit down and say, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Let's talk about this. You know, these are just a few of the strategies that came out of the one family. These are ones that got repeated probably the most. And, and so it's looking at this and saying, wait a minute, when I look at that person in the mirror and I think about how he or she is showing up and dealing with conflict, what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. 
what, you know, as you've been listening to the show, as you're, you know, three episodes into the series, what's coming to mind for you? And, and what are you, what are you realizing about yourself? Yeah. And, and last thing I, I just want to share with you guys, you can get that coffee break at one slash coffee break. It is by far one of the best ways for you to be on the same page week in and week out. So when you do get that, we have an hour long video of us doing it, Elisa and I doing it. So you can learn and see how it's done and you can do it right at your own, in your home. You can do it by the fire pit. You could do it while you're just wherever you need to be, make your own coffee, make your own tea, make it happen. Join us next week as we conclude the Dealing with Conflict series as we talk about bringing it all together with specific conflict resolution strategies for the two of you. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week. We'll catch you next week. And we're excited as you begin to look at conflict in your marriage and honestly overcome it so you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. Love you guys.